welcome to episode 12 of the podcast. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Jim Donnelly. Jim's a painter from Carlo, and we talk a lot about painting, but we cover a lot of different things. And yeah, we have a good old chat. I just want to, before we go into the main part of the podcast, I just want to say sorry to Jim as well, because when we were finished recording and we were just chatting away after it, I accidentally knocked the call off. I don't know what was going through my head. I think I was clicking and dragging the downloaded files out of the internet window over onto the desktop. And I asked, whatever happened, anyway, I accidentally hit X and knocked the internet off. And because of that, cancelled the call. So that's why you got cut off that Friday, Jim. So again, I'm really, really sorry about that. But like I said, I'll get you back on at some stage and chat away. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And I'll be back at the end with actually before I let you go. Uh, just a quick little announcement about the podcast for me. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy the podcast and I'll be back at the end. This is all really good. Like, I should be recording it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going there now, though. So, uh, welcome to the... Sorry. No, you're grand. <laughs> Sorry, no, I just got to say welcome to the podcast, Jim. And yeah. thanks a million for taking the time to chat with me. Uh, and just same as I've asked everyone so far, really, if you just want to introduce yourself and tell us how you got started working in art to kick us off. Oh yeah. Um, well, yeah. Um, my name is Jim Donnelly. I uh, went to the College of Marketing and Design. I graduated. I think it was nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. Now I'm weak on dates and stuff like that. Like so. Um, like there's a you know phrase that like i always loved like and that was like uh, i'm an amateur historian of my own recent past <laughs> and uh and yeah so uh, uh, none of the stuff that i talk about about my own sort of chronology might be in the right sort of yeah well, my, my wife is yeah handed me stuff here yeah uh, so yeah i went to uh, college of marketing design i was taught by you know paddy graham um, Patricia McKenna, Patricia Hurl, Anita Gruner, Joe Hanley, and Michael Kane. They'd been they'd have been the uh, the tutors there. So, uh, and before I went to uh, before I did uh, the College of Marketing Design, I was in uh, I did a post leaving cert class in uh, Ballyfermot Senior College. It was called Art Design and Media Studies back then. Uh, years later, I wound up working there for a year as a life drawing teacher. So that's uh, that's the uh, background, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I was just saying to you there, uh, just before we started recording, Jim, as well. Like I absolutely, I love your work. Like I, I just think your paintings are unreal. Um, like what themes usually feature in your work? Because like realism would be yeah uh, i mean I, I didn't start off that way now like so the first exhibition i exhibited in well i was still in college so it would have been 1988 like and that would have been um that would have been the woodblock and relief prints and that was uh, organized by michael kane the artist like he's a printmaker and a painter he kind of does these lovely max beckman type paintings so the the work that I, I did then was very expressionistic. Like it was, I loved the German expressionists. Like, so, uh, so I had that sort of raw, 
I loved Emil Nalda's woodblocks. I don't know if you know them, especially that one, The Prophet. It used to be in the Art and Appreciation, the Henry Sharp book, which, uh, which uh, yeah. Um, the book of Michael Caine, uh, the book on Michael Caine uh, uh, that was that was published was also written by Henry Sharp. So like that that that, that um, yeah. But the the Emil Nolder block wood block in that was just fantastic. Like it just it was raw. It looked like it was hacked out of the wood with uh, with a you know big mallet and a massive chisel. Like you know it was just yeah very expressive. So I loved that sort of. Uh, emotional impact the emotional impact of that image and i tried to replicate that uh but uh, the so the early work was like very expressionistic uh yeah my parents refused to go to that exhibition actually so subject matter wise like again they they, they refused to go because one of the images was a little bit sort of uh, taxing for the time should i say yeah uh, it was of a guy sucking his own penis. <laughs> so it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, yeah, again, like uh, like stuff like homosexuality and stuff like that was illegal back then. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't something that people wanted to be associated with. Although Michael Caine uh, did... Uh, he did put uh, he did put the image uh, in the event guide. Like there was an event guide. It was a free newspaper, like again in uh, in Dublin, and it was used as the publicity for the uh, for the exhibition in that. But they didn't. The rest of the artists didn't want that image on the uh, the invite for the uh, for the show, so uh, they used something else. But like yeah, so the the work was always like so it was always yeah it was never the subject matter yeah it w- wasn't always realist like again like uh, the 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 methodology uh, and the subject matter yeah it kind of <laughs> yeah it wasn't uh, yeah ever ordinary should I say yeah no I um I didn't know that because like it's just. The standard of your work is so high, like it's it's yeah, mad. No, like, um, no, I mean it started off really crude, like again, like and uh, yeah. I, I, but I left college, like, and I I knew that like there was a whole bunch of things that I didn't know anything about, like again, my drawing skills were weak, my painting skills were weak, uh, and I knew I had to strengthen them. So I spent a lot of time just reading books and. Uh, looking at magazines collecting magazines and stuff like that to find out like the things that i uh i i I knew nothing about like again and filling in those gaps so you know i I used to collect a magazine called american artist and in that magazine there was uh there were like uh reproductions of richard schmidt's paintings and uh his paintings were like walter osborne and when I saw that, like again, I said, "Oh, geez, there's a there's a guy who's alive who knows how to paint like that, who knows how to draw like that, uh, like with that tradition." And, uh, and I liked it. Uh, I wanted to know. <clears throat> I wanted to know how to do that. So, so I bought the copy of the book. Uh, so I got mine in two thousand. It would have been the fourth edition. Um, 
of the book because the book was published in 1998 and uh, and it was full of fantastic advice so when I read that book like it was like uh, it was like a light bulb going on in my head oh yeah that's right that's right that's right you know sometimes when you read an art book you'd be you'd be getting like uh, you know uh, this is how you do such and such paintings. This is the palette that I used. And you'd look at them and you'd look at the reproduction and there'd be obviously a Viridian green added in there. And, you know, the, you'd look at the list of ingredients and it's, uh, it, there'd be no mention of Viridian green. So you always felt like you were being shortchanged by some of the books and some of the information that you were written in the art books. But with Alla Prima, there was none of that like the the subtitle of the book was everything i know about painting so there was a generosity there like where he was telling you what he knew about alla prima painting and um so yeah i just found that book to be eye-opener so i did all his um color studies like he gives a, a chapter on color studies uh, and I did the color studies, uh, and when I did that, like again, it was like like a light bulb went off in my head. Uh, it's a very practical, like common sense way of working out how to mix your colors. A series of colors, colors where you have a palette and you mix each of the colors into one another, and you add white into it for a five value uh, tone. And uh, and I did all those exercises, and after that, like I I found that I really understood what my palette was capable of. Yeah, I'd re- I'd really like to give that book a look actually because it sounds. Yeah, I know it's a really... fantastic book. You'll see, you'll see everybody. Um, who's anybody in the sort of realist world, like again, has, has read that book. He passed away only uh, this week or last week. So, yeah. uh, you know, and it was full of fantastic things. Like I said, like there's, he does this thing where there's five or six ways of starting a painting. Like again, and one of them was uh, the line and mass block in uh, that's like a, um stone age paintings like cave paintings where you've got a line and a bit of value for tone uh then you've got a monochrome block in just using one color uh, an impressionist block in that's that kind of broken color you know like just impressionist sort of so you're not doing a line drawing you're you're just doing an impressionist block in and then there's a full color accurate block in where you're uh you know you're doing a wash of an overall color harmony and then adding in tones that are, you know, and colors that are like as close an approximation to nature as you can, as you can muster. Uh, And then you can make them more accurate afterwards. Like, but, uh, but it's like an accurate full color block in. And then there was uh, a selective start where you start something and finish it and then move on to the next area and finish that. So it's, it's you know, but there's, there's it's paint. It's just paint, uh, white spirits and oil paint and oil. And, you know, there's, there's only, a, there can only be a limited amount of starts to it. So even if you're doing an impressionist block in, uh, like it, it, that's the same as abstract painting. You know, yeah. if, if you go to, um, the Laranger in Paris, 
and you go to the Monet exhibitions and you look at those uh, water lily paintings, there's fickle difference between that and a, uh, and a, a, a Jackson Pollock painting or an abstract expressionist painting. You know, it was, it, it, the, <laughs> the differences there are just differences in intellectual perceptions of it again like they're not in actual methodology or you know whatever yeah yeah no like um and like did did it take you long say to develop your style jim because like one like um, one of the things that I love is just the mark making in your paintings. Is... Look, it, it's um, I'm still developing it. Like again, right? yeah, so it's like not it's not something that you ever, uh, you know, it's not like in learning about like painting is is not something that you ever stop doing. Like again, like uh, otherwise you get bored with it. Yeah, it, that was one of the things. There uh, was it last last week? I think I, I was chatting to. Or the week before, I was chatting to Cahill Duan, and like we were just saying that, like that kind of it's one of the nice things about working in art. You're constantly learning, so it does never get, you know, because one, I don't know, just feels like if you kind of just knew everything, there was nothing else to learn. It'd just be a bit, the crack had kind of be gone over a little bit, like. Yeah, yeah, I oh, yeah, no, um, you have to keep it like sort of entertaining for yourself, like again, like um. So, so I think one of the ways of doing that is just to try those different methods, like again, like um, so. If if you're doing an impressionist block in, like again, it could be like I don't know if you know Anita Gruner's work at all. Like um, she would have been one of the tutors that taught me, but at the moment she's doing these sort of big abstract wood paintings, like again, and they're all done with like just small little lines, like little gestures, like tiny little sort of I'd say they're like about like maybe two inch uh, line. And um, so she's doing a, a woodland scene and each of the marks is just one of those gestures. That's okay. It's an abstract painting, but it, it's still an impressionist block in whatever way you look at it. Like, so there's, um, there's just limited sort of ways of starting a painting. And I think if you keep your, uh, your painting interesting to yourself or exciting for yourself, then, um, you know, one of the things I find, like that I do, is uh, like I if I start painting very very cautiously, it'll end up being a cautious painting. But if I fire ahead at it, like again, and just sort of fire the paint at it, like it'll end up, uh, you know, I, I I I I'm giving myself problems by just firing the paint, but like <clears throat> it just gives it gives a, a, a more exciting ex experience like the phenomenon for me is very very exciting uh it mightn't be as exciting for the viewer but like uh and, I, and, and so on my instagram page like i sometimes post like uh process shots so you can see how the image starts like sometimes very very vague and expressionistic but then it'll sort of your brain will kick in eventually and the the work will sort of <clears throat> um, achieve a bit more order like your brain starts to put order on it there's um there's a, there was an insult going around when i was in college i don't know if it was the same when you were in college where people when they wanted to insult you 
they'd say that your work is very illustrative. And uh, um, I actually had it said to me already. <laughs> <in Canada>. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the people who say that to you, like again, they say it like again, and they think you're too stupid to uh, to understand that it's a pejorative, uh, that it's an insult. But but I, I understand where that originated from. I read Francis Bacon's interviews, uh, the, the the David Sylvester book book. And um, and it was it was people like Francis Bacon who c- came up with that sort of idea. Like again, he he hated like Time Magazine illustrators, for instance. Like again, like uh, but they had skills that like he didn't have. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. they, his drawing skills like were negligible. Like he used to feel ashamed of what he did to Velasquez paintings. Like he 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 you know, and I always. <clears throat> I always take what he said with a pinch of salt, like again, because, uh, you know, he, he used to say that, like, uh, his brain wasn't actively engaged in the mark making. And, <clears throat> and that's absolutely true, because your hand, when you start painting, like, it, it works faster than your brain works. So, and that's what I'm saying. Like, so when I, when I start painting, it starts off with this nervous energy. So you're firing that paint at the canvas. And then your brain will kick in and it'll start to make, make, oh, geez, that the, the angle is going the wrong direction. I'll have to tur- turn it that way instead. Like you, your brain starts making decisions. Bacon was brain. His brain was kicking in at some stage. But for him to go and say, like, again, uh, that, like uh, a swastika on an armband on a character, uh, it, it, he, he didn't think about it. That's a fucking lie. That's just that's just an out and out lie. Your brain, yeah. you can't do that without you're consciously doing it. The same thing. He said the same thing about a, a syringe in the arm of about <clears throat> one of his paintings. You can't do things like that without your brain kicking in. So so you have to take what he says with a pinch of salt. So what he was talking about was like non-illustrative mark making, and like I said, like your brain works slower than your hand does when you paint so so you have to sort of control add a control into the 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 hand and and yeah and that process is uh is is what happens when you're doing a realist painting you start off vague big shapes and then you're working towards the smaller shapes. Now, what Bacon wanted was, <clears throat> and, and I want this as well, like I, you want it to be like Rembrandt, where everything right down to the very last mark making on, on say, a nose is, is still like an abstract, non-illustrative mark. Um, you want the work to stay that exciting right to the end. But you still want your brain to be able to impose some sort of order onto it so it's recognizable so people can say oh that's what that is this is what that is otherwise it's you know uh i'm i'm i, I, I don't want to speak disparagingly about abstract work because all painting is abstract but um but yeah i uh, the reason I like figurative work, or is, is because it's 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 got something for my brain to grab a hold of. I I know when my work is getting better, because I can see a progress in it. But with if the work is purely abstract, you know I, I can see it's getting better, but I don't know why. And I, 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 there, there's no 
there's no way for me to uh, there's no way for me to be absolutely certain that I'm getting better and, and I need yeah. to feel that like again I need to feel a sense of growth about my work because <clears throat> if I'm if I'm unsuccessful as a painter which I am I'm I, I I have to be able to say, well, that maybe that's the reason why I'm not why I'm not uh, successful. I need to like get my work to a, a level where it's, you know, uh, so good it can be undeniable. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I love, like you know, like Rembrandt. Yeah. You know, who can who can argue with Rembrandt? Yeah, but no, I like I don't I I love your work, Jim. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Like, and it's just even say looking through your instagram like the the portraits you did of uh john snow and Oti Mabusa were they for portrait artists of the week yeah that was the portrait artists of the week yeah yeah so i, I found that a great experience actually like because it was a good discipline like again like um yeah it was a good discipline um so, but with those portraits, what I did was I tried to do them within the four hours. Like I, I didn't want to go over the four hour period. Like again, like so. I mean, I could make them more realistic or more accurate or more something. Like by putting in a little extra hours afterwards. But uh, I, I wanted to keep. I, 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 it seems weird, but like I just wanted to keep the process pure, so as I can keep uh, track of my own progress. Uh, I like that a la prima thing, like where you're trying to finish it in one go. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's the only methodology that, uh, that that artists have at their disposal. I'd I'd love to be able to, um, you know, like I said, like do um, say studio paintings that are, you know, bigger and more informative than you'd get with a, uh, an Alla Prima painting. But most of my paintings are actually done within the three or four hour period. Some of them even less. Most of them, in fact. Like, yeah. yeah, that's great, though, Like that you can do that like in that time. But like I was just going to say, that the mark making on the face as well was just, it was really, I don't know, I, I love the way like you handled the brush like with your pens, just the, like... Um, the, the, the John Snow one, was it? Like, uh, yeah, like, and I, like... Like that's another thing. Like just the way you were saying there about like the mark making on, like say a nose, like on like in Rembrandt or that. Like, would you make like a conscious decision, like when you're painting, to not overblend? Because I've I've kind of heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, yeah, I, okay. Well, I used to, I used to teach in a private, in private classes. I, I ran my own for uh, maybe nine years, but I, I used to work in another private school for about the same time. Like and you'd be doing things and you'd be saying things to students like you'd say yeah okay uh put your dark colors in first you put your dark colors thin and then you uh, build up your lights on top of that with slightly thicker paint like so if you look at classical paintings like again you can see there's like that thick white paint the highlights the lightest colors that are added on like are always thicker paint than the darker shadowy colors so so you, you, you there's a process there like again that you can follow that's tried and tested by uh, you know i'm not trying to rewrite the rule book here like again i'm trying to i'm trying to understand a language and, and for me painting is a, an absolute it's absolutely a language um 
Uh, and in order for me to understand it, I have to understand what went before me. Like, so I, I, I try to look at like um, artists from the past, like or, or, or artists who are uh, still living, like but work in a sort of yeah in a methods that uh, has some sort of educational value to me for or for me. Like, um, so. Uh, so there's a there's a process there. So I, I usually start my paintings with like the the thinner dark colors. Uh, I used to go with the darkest, but I, 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 there's a bit of fluctuation there. You don't have to. It's a, it doesn't have to be a rule. Uh, but if you go with the darker colors first, uh, and then uh, that that paint tends to be thinned. Like again, so I will use like a white spirits. Like again, some people say, "Oh, don't use white spirits." This, that, and the other. But like, you, you, there's no rules about it. Like again, like you can if you want. Like, but uh, I I use the white spirits. I don't use terps um, because it's like really unhealthy. Like again, there's there's yeah. a saying out there that says like if you're not allergic to turpentine, you will be. Yeah. So, uh, and I've had like I had it. I had uh, artists' quality terps in the house, like again, and in my studio. And my breathing got really tight, like around my chest. Like it was like it was horrible. Like again, it was like an anaphylactic sort of reaction to it. Like again, so so I knew I couldn't use that. So that's now out in the shed. So it's been banished. I will <laughs> mix a medium like as well. I do use a medium like again that I use like uh, so. So I will have like jars of like sort of um, linseed oil and uh, and uh, 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 white spirits. Sometimes a little bit of turpentine if I'm feeling risky, but I always put the lid back on it like again. But um, but rarely. It's usually white spirits and um, and uh, linseed oil. And it'd be so the main the main mix would be like fifty fifty, but uh, so, sometimes I put in more uh, linseed oil for later stages. But it's not it's it's not something I have I spend any amount of time thinking about to be honest. Uh, it's just to help the paint flow or to make to make the paint you know deliver like in a, a more fluid manner. Uh, yeah, that's why I use the white spirits. But I work from dark to light. Is is basic basic uh, process. It's not uh, it's not it's not like rocket science. Like uh, again, I, I wish I'd been taught like how to mix the colors like uh, properly when I was in college. It would have saved me a lot of trouble years later. Yeah, and, yeah. I wish I'd learned how to sort of work out angles and stuff like that. Uh, like at the, <clears throat> um, I think we were talking beforehand like about like. Uh, site size methodology like again and i wish i'd known that like when i was in college as well because again my work would be even better like again like i'd be it'd be more mature um if i if i'd have known that when i was in college uh, it's 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 worth looking into like uh the site size stuff like uh and i uh, the fact that i taught myself it like means that you don't have to go to florence in order to learn it uh there's books out there that uh you know, that teach it. And uh, there are artists like uh, Nicholas Benedict Robinson who teach it in in, in, our, in Dublin. Uh, there's a few other people running classes like that. I did um, teach in Carlo, I did teach uh, uh, the Barg drawing method. I don't know if you know Charles Barg. Uh, I don't. 
uh, he's a, he's an artist who who produced a series of uh, plates like uh, educational plates like prints for uh, Leon Jerome who was a 19th century painter and uh, he was commissioned to do these uh, as a, a teaching aid for students um, and uh, they're just a series of drawings like again and uh, what you do is you you tape that drawing beside on your uh, beside your sheet of paper and um, you you draw like a notional space box around um, the the bark drawing and the bar and uh, or or around uh, your own drawing and around your own drawing so the dimensions of the box are the same for the bark drawing and your your drawing and you're basically taking measurements uh, what, what you do is you you the bark drawings were done so they're uh, all uh, drawings done with straight lines there's no curves in them and the reason that there's no curves in them is because the curves are done with uh, like and the curves are drawn with like a series of sh like short straight lines the reason there's no curves in them is because you can't take a measurement from a curve but you can take a measurement from a uh, you can take a measurement from an angle. Yeah. So so uh, so you can find out where the exact point is of of that angle on the uh, box. Like so some people do grid grid up their drawings like again, but this is a way of training your brain to look for the angles. So so my own drawing now tends to I tend to use like short straight lines for drawing i'd rarely use i'd rarely use curves uh, for the sort of stuff that's more measured uh, and again like like i said with with painting it's different like again like i i, I have a choice when i'm uh, when i'm choosing how i start a painting i can do a measured drawing like that with a pencil and then add a wash in on top of it, like, or I can just fire ahead, like I did with those portraits for the portrait artist of the week. There's there's different there's different ways of doing it, but I find if I start a drawing cautiously with that measuring thing, uh, it tends to be a cautious painting, and I prefer the stuff to be a bit more lively, uh, to be a bit more gestural. Uh, the, the, the freedom that that gives me is something that uh, that I'm, I'm uh, very interested in. Um, it's a thing that gives me a buzz. Like if I if I'm starting a painting and it 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 flows out of me, like if you're in the flow and it comes out of you, it's like as if somebody else has painted it, and that's just a fantastic uh, sensation. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, you don't want to end up halfway through resenting the painting, like either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so, sometimes I push it too far, and I end up losing it, and I end up resenting myself for that. Like again, or, <laughs> or like if if you're feeling that emotional, or your 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 gestures are too wild, like again, you lose that measurement. Like you have to have a little bit of the brain kicking in, like I said, like to get that measurement right. Like that line has to be that length and not this length. The the angle has to be this angle instead of like that angle so you, you're you're constantly making choices like again about like your your drawing and painting like uh, throughout the process but uh, with with things like portrait 
there is room for a margin of error. Like you can get, get like if you look at like sort of uh, cartoonists or caricaturists, they're able to get like the character of somebody and it's not like an accurate rendering and you can still look at that person and can say oh geez look at that like that's tom waits or that's nick cave or that's you know lemmy like you know you you know how to you know that people are out there and they're able to get character that 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 is is captured without it being absolutely uh like you know uh, the exact measured illustration or the exact measured, of, the exact measurement of a photograph or reality. Like you can still, so there's what I'm trying to say is there's room for for getting things wrong, and that's yeah. uh, once you realise that there's a freedom in how you render stuff. Uh, and I'm trying to free myself even more. You know, I'd love to be more perceptive about the about character and. Yeah, I mean, there's some fantastic artists out there, like that that, uh, that that portrait artist of the week thing. Like, was it, it was an eye opener seeing how many fantastic um, Irish artists out there are that are able to, uh, you know, capture character and personality and, you know, in such a knowledgeable way. It was a, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic thing to see. I was gl- glad to do it, look as well, because it's good discipline. And, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I was going to say I thought it was a great idea, like the, that was set up, especially the way things are, like you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish, I wish it had to be an Irish, like again, like or you know, there should be an Irish version of it, like. But uh, RTE aren't very, you know, good at that sort of stuff. They tend to imitate everything that's like. Um, you know, done on other channels, you know, except yeah. it's usually a kind of shitter version of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they had, um, they had something there at one point, hadn't they? I think was it um, presented by, it was the woman that just played Mrs. Dial and Father Ted, I think. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it, it just it felt yeah. like it was being done to the same format as like landscape artist of the year or something. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like they're, they're very, very little sort of innovative thinking about stuff. You know, I mean, the, the problem about say the um, the sky portraits competition is like that there there are sort of certain limitations to you know to like there's limitations to the judgment of the paintings like again because there's limitations to the way the paintings are rendered like there's no they, nobody's doing site size for starters so that excludes the site size methodology uh, and then <clears throat> some people are working from photographs from their iphone or their ipad and the model might as well be at home if that's yeah. the case, do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, like no, I know, like say myself, like when I'm doing my paints, I work from photos, but yeah, I yeah. I mean, myself. I, but in I, that case, I work from photos the whole time too. I know, uh, but but what I'm saying is, if you have a live model, yeah, it's work, going, it defies the purpose from, of having them. It kind of does, really. Like again, plus 
like, and this is the thing about people who are work from site size in the site size matter. When you're working from site size, or even with like, yeah, even if you're not like, if you're working from from life, uh, if you move your head, if you move your body, if you're if you don't have your, your where you're you're looking at the model from marked on the floor, like where your feet are you're constantly going back to a different vantage point like again so you're dealing with like a, a, a completely different physical sort of problem you know, going back to the same point that you're looking at. and if you move your head slightly you're going to get like a slightly different perspective of the model like so you have to go back to the same point all the time yeah. in order to get like an accurate rendering of somebody and then there's the problem of the model moving as well like and some of those models on the portrait artists of the year like our portraits they, they were moving like crazy they drive you <laughs> bonkers like if it was like you know, and that would be why people but, but when we're working from an iphone or an ipad or from a photograph everything has been translated into two dimensions already from for for you so so it's a completely different experience it's it's not the same it's not the same at all like it's it's just nonsense like to think that like working from a photograph is the same from working from life it's not yeah it's a, no and like i remember the first year it came on and i remember like someone i think maybe at the time because it was a new series series and i think only maybe one or two people had like phones or tablets and took pictures and it was just kind of all like don't know how I feel about this. And next thing, like the following season, more people had them. And like by the oh, end, yeah. maybe the third or fourth season, everyone, this was their process to go up, yeah, yeah, take right. a picture of the life model. And it's like, like they could just go for tea now because. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Thanks. See you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's, like, it's, yeah. A bit, it's a bit bizarre. Like, it I'm, is. It is. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that is something that like I'd, I'd be, you know, it's different. Like again, like, but like, the, yeah. If you look at what they said, there's the process. It's a very difficult thing to judge. And how do you, how do you say, like, okay, that person has done a better job, like, than this person because they've yeah. uh, worked from a, a photograph, whereas that person has tried to do it from life, which is much more difficult. Like, you know, like, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it makes no sense. Like again, like it's like uh, this is an apple and this is an orange. What do you prefer? Like again, it's it's it it doesn't make any sense to me. Would that yeah, just, you know, I mean, I I, I still lo- love the fact that it's a it's a program about painting because you know uh, painting like has been sort of neglected like again, and 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 if it makes the pro yeah, people understanding what, what 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 goes into painting, if it, if it increases the understanding of that, then it might increase people's uh, appreciation of it as a as a. a as as a, an art form, you know. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, that, like, that has to be a good thing. Like, yeah, no, definitely. Like, I mean, that's one thing I, I kind of said to people before. I often felt like, um, do you know, if you're talking to like friends or whatever outside art, kind of out the, do you know, they have jobs outside the art world. It's kind of like you can't really complain because, like, if you say, ah, you know, sure, it's quieting down or whatever. Like, you know, in their mind, they're probably thinking, yeah, but you can just crap out a drawing there or a picture there's no bother and it's like you've no idea how hard it can be to try and get a painting or a drawing or any piece of art really to a standard not even where it's it's good enough to go to the studio just where you're happy enough to continue going ahead and not scrap it 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 I like I've, I've been an admirer of yours, like in your work for for ages as well. Like again, but um, when you say like, oh, um, um, you like mine, I'm, I'm thinking, Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm, you're always the worst critic of your own yeah. work. Like, and and also, you know, you tend to compare yourself to people who you really, really admire. Like again, so there's a whole bunch of people out there that I want to be like. You know, I'd love to be able to paint like, oh, you know, Kent Williams or like I don't know if you, uh, you know, know his stuff or like, you know, all these people like this fantastic artists out there that are brilliant. Like you know, Jordi Diaz Almar or like. You know, or Nicholas Uribe. Like again, there's a whole bunch of people out there that I'd love to be able to paint like. And, and I know I'm, I'm. I know I'm, I'm. I know I'm getting better, and I'm good, and I'm. Co- I'm confident about my abilities. But th- there's even more confidence, like on top of that, like that I can achieve. There's more. You know, there's always something better. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there was that like uh, that guy uh, the, the the guru guy what's his name uh, Gurdjieff and he used to say there's always somebody uh, higher than you or lower than you like there's always somebody better than you and it's always somebody like you know not as developed as you out there like again and uh, and that's the truth like again about about everything and you can't get locked into like the comparison thing like because if you com- keep comparing yourself to the people who are better than you you always feel like shit about your own work um, yeah if you if you com- keep on comparing yourself to people who you're more advanced than like you end up thinking that you're god almighty and that's just not the truth either like again most, yeah. most of us are most of us are just struggling to to do halfway decent stuff yeah, right. it kind of it can kind of slingshot you either side of where it'll just crush you completely oh, yeah. or just oh, yeah. make you oh, so easily like again or make you a big dickhead. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like. It's like uh, you know, it's, it's one or the other. Like uh, yeah, um, I think like people um, defend like the the way they work as well uh, uh, with a kind of religious zeal. Like again, and I, I tr- I'm trying to avoid that. Like again, so if people work in site size methodology, they're like, "Oh, this is the way to do it. There's no other way of doing it." And people who work from their imagination say, oh, "That's the way." You know, I don't understand why that's all nonsense. What they're doing. And there's people who do work with like photorealist stuff, and oh, that's the way to do it. But there's no one sort of methodology that's like, you know king you know you don't have to have a religious sort of belief about this stuff it's just fucking painting like it's not yeah. um it's not uh, uh yeah it's, it's 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 not anything else like uh you know i i do like to think about uh like i did you ever read betty edwards drawing on the right side of the brain i didn't i heard of it all right but i never yeah. read it yeah there's a there's a, a there's a little quote in the the margins of that book like again and it's by a guy called eugene herrigal um yeah, i did some research on him like uh, when the internet was invented it turns out he was a bit of a nazi but uh but anyway herrigal wrote this book called uh, zen and the art of archery and uh the 
thing about like when you're doing a drawing of something specifically, like again, if you're doing a drawing of something, it's like um, there's a, it's, it's like you're you're it's it's like target practice in archery or darts, like again, where you're trying to hit this point and that point and this point, and if you hit like a hundred points accurately on your drawing, you're going to end up with a realistic looking sort of rendering of what you're looking at. Uh, so it's like a sport, like again, and there's an intellectual sort of, uh, it's an intellectual pursuit, like again, where you're, you're, you're ch chasing after that, like to, to get that, like, oh, Jesus, I've hit another bullseye. I've hit another bullseye. I've missed the fucking target completely. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, you're, you're trying, you're trying to do that the whole time, like again, but it's a, it's a, I liked that, like comparison to, to, of drawing to archery. Uh, I, th I thought that was good. Like again, uh, it, was a, it was an interesting thing for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's an interesting comparison. Like, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it, if you're working like in an abstract way, I don't think you have a target like that to work from. You're just, I think, your concern then is just like, oh well, is this beautiful or is it not? Does that color work or doesn't it? Like again. Um, um, you know, and, and I think that's like, that's absolutely valid. Like, again, like it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not wrong. I, I, I just don't like the way people think about color sometimes as well. Like, you know, when they're, when they're talking about painting, like again, like, so, 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 you know, oh, I love my, I love color. Colors, my paintings are all about color. And what they're actually talking about is they're talking about like whether the painting is high key or not the colors are high key uh, and and if your colors are high key then what that tells me sometimes is when i'm looking at those artists it, yeah your colors are, are beautiful but 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 you're missing all those subtle grays and those neutral colors like when i look at your work and you i can see you, you're well into using that sort of those neutral colors in order to make things pop like so, so you and, and you, you you work from the dark to the light, but so so you, but when when people talk about oh I, I love color and that's what the work is all about, I do tons of paintings like again and and I, I kind of almost perversely leave out the color intentionally or keep things dull deliberately because I'm more interested in the grays than the uh, than than you know having a really popular picture <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know if i wanted to do popular pictures i'd just you know paint naked chicks you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um yeah like i don't know there's there's someone there back i think maybe four or five years ago i saw their work online and it was like they were working just abstract but it was just the process I didn't know how I felt about it, like, because on one hand, I was like, I wish I could work like that. But on the other hand, it was like, you couldn't leave a painting if it's not finished. To give themselves something like three days, to work that painting for three days and created these kind of big, large scale, just grey paintings, but like tons and tons of texture on them. And I was like... Yeah, sometimes like, the texture is the goal, though, like for some yeah. people, like, you know... Um, uh, it depends. Like, I mean, I, I, I um, if you look at Sean Scully, like again, like his paintings are all about like, um, you know, stripes really. Like again, now, I, I, I just, uh, for me, I wouldn't be able to tell whether my first stripe painting was better than my last stripe painting. 
So yeah. I, I find it difficult. I kind of went off his paintings as well when I watched the documentary and I, he was talking about his secret medium, you know, um, for oil painting. And I thought, like, that's the kind of shit I hate, like, when people are trying to make out that, like, painting technique is a mystery. It yeah. isn't. Like, you know, all that information is out there. The, the Chino Cianini book is the earliest painting sort of manual, like, again, and, and, and all the information about painting, like, is out there. You know, if you want to find out like how people did it, like way back in the Renaissance or, or now, uh, it's, 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 it's it, okay. Maybe not all of it, like again, like, but there's a, a, the reason things kept like were kept mysterious was because when oil painting was in, in, introduced, like again, it was a, a new technology. So uh, before that, like the paint used to dry and you couldn't blend it like again like and when the oil it kept the paint wet for longer so you could blend it and achieve greater realism that's uh, that's when painting sort of lifted off like so you look at van eyck altarpieces and they're like fantastic looking like, you know they couldn't do that like with like you know tempera painting like again like you could it just wasn't possible so so uh Okay, I'm saying that like, and now, then I think of other artists that did amazing egg tempera paintings, yeah. but like, it's more difficult. Like again, it like, is. Should I say like, uh, uh, but uh, like, just thinking of Fergus Ryan's new stuff, like as well, like, but like you know, all that stuff, like that uh, that people do, like that's fantastic. Like again, like, uh, but oil painting anyway. It, 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 when the technology came out first in order to have like one up on their competition in order to get the commissions, you know, a limited amount of wealthy church people or wealthy businessmen or royalty or whatever. There was a limited amount of like commissions out there. So everybody's sort of fighting for the, the same commission or the, the, the money, like again, they're fighting for these, the chance to earn like a living. And uh, they keep their methodologies secret uh in order to have one up on the uh the competition but we're no longer in that sort of system that economic system it's not that way anymore so when when artists try and make everything like obscure and oh it's my secret methodology like it's like my secret recipe for this that and the other i think get it fucking life you know yeah do me a favor you know you want to find out how to do things all the information is out there this is what i was saying about like the internet like it does have a fantastic democratizing sort of um uh, effect on everything like on the art world like again it's going to change things eventually once all the, the madness dies down like when when people are are you know stop believing crazy shit so when when a bit of like when a bit of like awareness creeps it creeps in and people know well this is good for the planet this is bad for the planet this is good for people this is bad for people when when all that kicks in there's going to be some sort of universal sort of acknowledgement that's like 
these things are good for us, those things are bad for us, and we need to do the things that are good for us. And I think, you know, and I think like painting and art, like can be one of those things that like is uh, inspirational. Like it tells people what, like this is what a human being is capable of. When you go into a gallery and you see uh, something that one person did and it's like rooms full of like, you know, fantastic stuff like again you just go bloody hell like fucking hell that's amazing like again how, how one person did all that like is just truly astounding you want that experience because what it does is it says to you this is what can be done this is what a person can do you don't want to be uh you know going to a, an exhibition and leaving it like thinking jesus that was just a piece of shit like you know what <laughs> that about like you know like uh, leaving you in a, a state of confusion and and bewilderment that's not that's not leaving people with a positive experience at all uh, you want people to be able to you know to be be able to like this is how you can even if the work is about like um you know how to be more ecologically sound how to be uh how to be anything in, instead of making the stuff so obscure that nobody understands what you're doing if it was done in a way that like you know said something positively like then that's a good thing you know yeah i think yeah yeah like I think that's not necessarily a problem, but it's just I feel like um, like we were just saying it before we started recording, a lot of contemporary art kind of, it feels like it's kind of alienated people from outside the art circles because of that. Because like no one wants to go to an exhibition and come out feeling like they don't know what they no, just looked at. Or, do you know what? All it, all it does is it, it it flatters people who have like a a, a degree in art history. Uh, yeah. and, and they're not the people that sh- should the art is for like art is for everyone like again like uh, you know there, there, there was an idea out there years ago like there, there's no such thing as a personal language and um, and the reason for that is because language is about communication and if you have a personal language you're just you might as well be doing what my you know three-year-old nephew does which is talk gobbledygook you know and he he does that for fun you know so (laughs) and and also like okay i'm saying that like and then i started thinking about like this girl who did the, the does um she did this, uh, like she was autistic, and she she had this personal language, like again, but but those, um, you know, like and she, what she felt was like she felt like nobody understood what she was doing, like again, so she would be like making gestures or making noises that were repetitive, and uh, uh, and the frustration for her was that nobody had bothered trying to learn her language, but she was. She, she was kind of forced to learn society's language and um, but for for people who aren't um autistic to be doing that seems to me to be an insult to people who are autistic yeah um, and i i just think like you know you know if you think art is a language then use the language 
in a way that's clear and concise. I'm saying this, and again, and as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, okay, well, the whole of modernism, like, you know, you listen to James, you read James Joyce, or, or you know, and everything about him was like, you know, in order to understand me, you have to make an effort to uh, to put an effort into reading Ulysses, like, again, uh, and, 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 you know, to, to understand it properly, like, you have to get all these Greek references and these other cultural references. And I do the same shit with my paintings. Like I'll put in references to this, that, and the other. And and maybe one person out of a billion will understand them. (laughs) 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 It doesn't make it any, um, it is a form of communication, but it doesn't make it like, you know, better or worse than like something that's like done in a much more sort of concise, clear way. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm off on a tangent there that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just um, I don't know. Like, like I was saying to you there just earlier, Jim, as well. Like, I don't mind like if someone goes in and looks at me work completely, miss the point of it, oh, yeah. and yeah. take away their own meaning. I'd rather that than you know. Here's yeah, the statement. I, and yeah, ex- exactly. Like awful. you, you have no, you have no control over how people understand your work, anyway. So yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just yeah, as well as that. Like you know, after you know, like months or whatever of working on a series of paintings, you want people to look at them rather than have their face buried in a piece of A4 paper. Like oh yeah, just, or reading the text about them. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just there in terms of, uh, when you were saying about the mediums though Jim did you ever use stand oil uh, yeah I, 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 I use it like again like yeah um, I, I, I'm still yeah I'm, I'm, I'm still unsure as to the benefits of it like again like um, um, the thickness of it is great like again uh, but like there's there's some fantastic sites out there like about like the um uh, you know the, the 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 best painting practices uh you know like so so like there's there's you know like it, some painting surfaces for instance like are more um what's the word permanent than others you know apparently the most um permanent sort of painting surface to work on uh is is actually metal so, yeah. so if you want your work to last like hundreds of years, like that's what you work on, because canvas bends and then it's more likely to crack. It's it's more likely to, uh, you know, like it's 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 more likely to be yeah. Even wood uh, it, it breathes and contracts and uh, yeah, but metal it doesn't. So like it's a, it's the more archival medium. Uh, again like that sort of stuff is for people who are 10 times better than I am like you know that's for people who are concerned about like their work going down in history that's maybe for like you know yeah yeah for for people who are you know confident of their work lasting hundreds of years like again I my, my work will probably you know it won't fall apart like but huge amounts of the paintings that I do are I use like you know, student quality paints like again like because they're big paints I use those big Windsor Newton paints a lot like again I do have Michael Harding and old Holland paints as well like again but it's because they're so expensive like you're kind of reluctant to 
to to use them. What I've taken to doing now is, for instance, is like I, I use like um, I, I buy a roll of canvas uh, and then I cut the canvas down to the size that I want. And then I tape that onto a board or a wall. Again, if it's a big piece, just staple it on. But uh, if, if it's like, um, if, so I tape that onto a board and the re part of the reason for doing that is because like when I buy one of those panels, those canvases or, or you know, with the stretcher bars already on them and whatever, like again, I already feel like, oh, this is a precious object. Like, uh, whereas when, you know, when you get like cheap watercolor paper or when you do your life drawing and it's on newsprint and the drawings are fantastic, but then when you get good quality paper and you have to do the same thing, you, you oh, this paper cost me like such and such an amount of money and I can't make a mess of it. So you, you put, <laughs> you're putting yourself under that pressure to do something wonderful, like again, and then it turns out to be a piece of crap. So like you, you end up like, you know, oh, I've wasted all that like again and you know but when you when i cut down the canvas and i paste taste it it means i have this like i still feel like i'm working on newsprint like so it's like you know i don't care if this works or not it's just a goddamn painting like again like and I, I, there's a freedom to that like again and i feel like i'm not being con constrained and also then there's the advantage like when you do something on watercolor paper if the whole thing doesn't work but this little section down here is great i can just get a scissors or a stanley knife and cut the hell out of it and that section <laughs> is saved and the rest of it i can dump or paint over like again so 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 there's there's advantages to that like again that give me a freedom uh you know and also if i wanted to say do a painting and then cut it out into the shape of a running person like again like so there's a painting and it's like in a shape of a running person like again i could have that like, you know you could you could you could literally do that and love a f paintings like that like of people running around a uh, gallery like again like you know so you know anyway off on a tangent again but you could you could you're not stuck with just this is a rectangle is what i'm saying yeah like, again, like you, you you once you have the canvas and it comes in a roll you can cut it to whatever shape you want yeah, there was actually something I was going to ask you as well about that, Jim, because I think there was a there was a one of the paintings that you had up on Instagram, and it looked like the canvas was it was stretched onto a wall or onto a board rather than around a frame, and it it's a way yeah. of working that I actually always love seeing, like as well. Just it, it seems like a really nice way to work. Oh yeah, well, it's because the like a the big painting that I had painted up on the wall that was part of. Um, a six portraits uh, project that I did. Uh, there was a documentary ma made by um, a student of my my, my wife's, uh, Connor Diggins. Like so, he he made this documentary of uh, of, of the the painting of uh, uh, six portraits. Like again, like uh, the, 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 my wife was part of an innovative. Um, project in um itb the, in blanchardstown um and uh there were uh the, the, in this in this class that she was teaching there were learners with special needs and they were integ integrated with the regular student body and uh, they were doing things like learning horticulture and they were in her my wife's creative studies class and they were doing sports so so you had all these people with uh, 
with special special needs and they were working uh, and studying with ordinary students like so they were in the same class classroom as them so i, th- I thought this was a fantastic um a fantastic uh project and uh, it, it it needed like a bit of publicity so what we decided was we'd, we'd do a uh an, an exhibition of uh portraits and uh, we just organised that with the Daughters of Charity and Siobhan Cleary, who worked for the uh, Disabled Support Services, uh, dropped them all out to the house and uh, one at a time. And I, I, I do a portrait of them from life. Uh, <clears throat> very difficult uh, to do a portrait from life. Uh, and I, we also took photographs of them. So I, I did a portrait from life while they were here, and then did paintings from photographs and then uh, also went to Denise's classes and uh, and f- sat in with the classes uh, so I was a student with the uh, the service users as well and uh, we kind of like just uh, I just got to know them and I was part of that and that, that experience and I took reference photographs of the activities they did and did paintings of them too. And uh, then we basically had an exhibition and we had that out here in the house in Carlo. And uh, all the family uh, uh, came to the exhibition and the, uh, the some, some, some of the daughters of charity came as well. And, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, we had an exhibition and I gave each of the service users a, a selection and they could, they could choose any of the paintings that they wanted that I'd done of them. So, yeah. uh, so they could, they, they chose one like again. So each of them chose a painting and, uh, that was it. So the whole thing was filmed by Con- Connor Diggins and, uh, yeah, so there's a little documentary of that out there. It's only like a couple of minutes long, but it was a student project for him. Yeah. And, well, uh, yeah. You know, I was going to say, uh, jump like if I'll have a Google for it and see if I can find it, and I can put a link into it on Acast that I'd take people onto it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I was just going to say today as well, jump. You've been running workshops as well, or you had been? I, I did. Yeah, I was. I was doing uh, work. Wor- uh, oh yeah, I did a workshop for again. Like, I mean, the, all, the only work I have, like again, is actually through um, through. through uh, social care uh, people not through the art world like so so and also it's through my wife like so so yeah so she she doesn't work in uh, Blanchardstown anymore now she works in Carlow like again and the, uh, the IT, IT in Carlow um, so so there was a uh, a thing there where they, uh, they, they, she, she, they wanted like to run art classes during the lockdown so I did a uh, workshop ju- ju- uh, by Zoom or whatever it is, yeah. And uh, it was to do with uh, all of the themes for the thing where uh, the EDI. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, the, the pro- pro- project was about to do with diversity. And, uh, oh, yeah, so what I did was I did... Uh, I, there's a YouTuber called Natalie Wynn. Uh, she's a transgendered um, YouTuber. So, so what I did was I did a portrait of of, of Natalie and uh, filmed the process and uh, 
and the, 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 that uh, people could wa watch that like um, so that's out there in um, on YouTube uh, I think it's just on the IT uh, Carlo website though like so I don't think it's in the public sort of sphere but the the, the people who were uh, doing the class like again could watch it and they were going to do their own paintings based on that themes of diversity so some people were doing like stuff on homeless people and uh, minorities and stuff like that like yeah so 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 um, so that that was done and then uh, we did a three-hour I also did a three-hour uh, classes uh, so I did like uh, painting of a wolf painting of our house here uh, yeah a bunch of other things like again uh, yeah just just to yeah as a, it was supposed to be for people's mental health I'd imagine <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, yeah. oh cr create together apart is what it was called yeah, yeah. right Thank, thanks for that. <laughs> and um, like you said you did some of them on Zoom, was it, Jim? Like live streaming? Yeah, yeah it was live streaming. How, okay, yeah. How did you find that? Well, yeah, I have no problem with it, like because, um, like, like I said, I, 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 um, I'm not, I'm not self-conscious about painting, like because I, I worked uh, in a private school for like nine years, and then I did like probably the same amount of time. I don't know, in my own classes like I ran my own classes for about the same amount of time so I've got like maybe the good 20 years of painting pretty much every day um, yeah. behind me so I, I know I know a certain amount of stuff about painting that I can communicate so I just waffled on while I was painting stuff. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the themes there, like one of the paintings that I did do actually wasn't to do with diversity, but like I, I just did a painting of a wolf. Uh, I think it was because I uh, I just I, I was just getting interested in that because the last wolf in Ireland was killed in um, in Carlow. Uh, oh right down the road from us here like so uh so that was that was something that like i thought like was uh you know an interesting project like again so uh so i, I kind of i did a series of paintings there like again uh, based on that so yeah the the yeah there's a, a a sheep farmer in bally darton which is you know not too far from me. It's it's just a foot of Mount Leinster, and he he hunted down the last wolf with his wolfhounds and killed it. Uh, and that's the uh, the last authenticated record of the wolf in Ireland. Like so, so I basically decided to do um, a project based on the wolf, and then I discovered all these things about the uh, Cromwell um, put a bounty on the wolf's head. Like so. So there were like five hundred wolves. Like again, there's a there's a there's a guy who wrote a book on on the wolf. Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. I have it downstairs. Like, but uh, and I posted it on uh, on my Twitter account. But anyway, he wrote this book about the, the Irish wolf, and uh, he gives like all these th things in it. Like, so it's full of all great stories and stuff like that. So I, I decided to. I don't, I've lost my train of thought there. Sorry. <laughs> No, you're grand, you're grand. Yeah. So I did this. Uh, I did this stuff about the wolf, anyway. Like again, uh, but yeah, the, the 
yeah, it's 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 just a. I I I was thinking about doing a book about it, but um, yeah, it kind of morphed into a whole bunch of things. Oh yeah, so the, the oh yeah, I did a whole bunch of images of Cromwellian soldiers killing wolves and hal- holding them up and uh, and hunting the wolf like again, like and so so I was going to do a, a history of the the wolf in Ireland, but I was trying to link it in with like the uh, the history of the forest in Ireland as well. Because that's the ecology, the ecological system that the wolf lived in, and then and we're uh, we have planted ten acres of native Irish species of trees um, here, like because we're not farmers. Like again, probably would be more uh, economically viable for us to sort of planted the land with like some sort of more you know financially sort of beneficial product but like we just sort of are sort of conscious of like you know being eco hippies yeah <laughs> so so we, we just planted native Irish species like again like and uh, you know we want we want although we, we can't have children like again like because we're like you know uh, so so we don't have vested interest in the planet but we're still concerned about it we have nephews and um and relatives that were, um, you know, we're going to leave behind. But we just want to do something good, you know. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, it's it's um, it's just part of what we're we're at here. So anyway, the the history of the the forest in Ireland, like, is is you know kind of fascinating. So part of the the project then led me to. Um, uh, Tom Lefino Woods, which is not too far from here either. It's actually in Wicklow, but like it's it's bordering Carlow, and that's the the oldest woods woodland in Ireland, uh, and uh, the it's it's the yeah the trees from that woodland were used to um, you know build Trinity College and the Houses of Parliament in Britain. And uh, and the you know the Spanish Armada or whatever like again or like well, well maybe not the Spanish Armada but uh, cer- certainly the coffin ships like again that were sent over to like you know so a load of the uh, uh, the 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 wood would have been used for yeah stuff I don't know I'm using the wrong myself here. <laughs> So, so there's paintings there that were based on that, like again, and yeah, so yeah, and have to have a drink. I know your grand gym. No, I was just going to say though, there I meant to say it earlier on, they were great paintings of the soldiers and the wolves, and you have some like drawings of or sketches, kind of drawings of wolves as well, like just the line work in them is great. So it is. Yeah, um, we did. Um, I did. Um, um I made. We made our own. Like a, we, we made our own oak uh, gall ink um, here. Uh, like that's we, we, we collected, um, yeah, collected uh, oak galls from the, the the oak trees that we planted. Uh, this uh, this insect, the uh, oak gall insect, like lays eggs on oak trees, and it, uh, the trees try to protect themselves, and they uh, they, they they grow this sort of growth uh, to to protect them. Um, from the, the the insect that lays the eggs and uh, 
uh, when you uh, when you harvest them, like again, you just take take the the, the oak galls off the, the the tree and uh, crush them up and add add water to them and um, iron. Then uh, it creates um, oak gall ink, which is the ink that was used for the uh, book kells and stuff like that. Like again, for all those uh, medieval manuscripts. So so I, I've um, I'm, I'm going to continue doing that. I'm going to continue making the oak gall ink and. Uh, uh, and we're making our own well yeah we're also getting into social farming here as well like so um so we'll be showing um s service users like how to uh, uh how to make oak gall ink and how to make charcoal and how to make paper and we'll be yeah utilizing the stuff off the land for for all of that like so yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of things that we want to do, um, uh, but um, yeah, so that's you know all the stuff for the future. Um, once yeah. The, yeah, once the lockdown ends, you know, so we do have plans. Um, uh, yeah, and I have yep. like tons of other projects that I'm working on like as well. Like, but, uh, but yeah, if we, you start all these, I don't know if it's the same with you. Your 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 themes tend to be quite consistent. Like yeah, I I kind of get all these ideas of like different characters I'd like to bring in. Like like speaking of wolves, like there's folklore here say around me in say the western half of Leash and down into Kilkenny based on werewolves. And oh yeah, I'd yeah, love yeah, to bring yeah, them yeah. in. But yeah, it's like I I was gonna do stuff on that as well. Like yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah the werewolves of Austria. Yeah, yeah. Do you know where like that book that I that I'll have to find that out. I'll dig that out for you, like again. But anyway, like he talked about that, like in the book, um, like the 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 idea as as well of the werewolf. I think that might have emerged from like uh, around the time of the famines, like again, like when uh, the wolves were, uh, and there would it wasn't just one famine in Ireland, like there were several, like again, like uh, but then uh, but when people used to like be starving. They, uh, and they'd be buried. The wolves would dig up the bodies, like again, and yeah, yeah. So, but I think it's when you like people were seen with half wolf, half. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been like with uh, you know by seeing, yeah, the wolves eating the bodies and that mythology turning into oh they became blah 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 like you know. Uh, but there's, yeah. a, there's a there's a whole town in Ireland that's supposed to what was it like was it Borisalee one of those places anyway I'm not sure like it's it's in the book like uh, uh, but they said that the whole uh, when when there was a full moon the whole of the village turned into uh, werewolves. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I love stories like that. Like again, like uh, yeah. I mean, they're all wacky as fuck, like, you know, like, it's, yeah. it's just stories, like, that people, I, is it, I, I, all, I think there has to be some sort of reason why the stories are, emerge, like, there was, um, there was, uh, like, I remember reading something about, like, the centaur, and the centaur arrived when uh, people hadn't seen people on horses before, so. Oh, when, really? Yeah, so when horse riders came at, uh, in battle. Uh, when they came at people, people thought, "Oh my God, it's a half man, a horse!" Like again, which you would do, like again, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
but uh, so so that would that would have been a shock to people. Like again, and the imagination kicks into gear, and and the mythology starts, and then people start believing it. But they're basically just stories that people tell them tell each other in order to explain the the real world. Um, so, yeah, that's madly. Yeah, just... but I think I, th- I think there has to be something like that, like for the uh, for the werewolf, like uh, yeah, like, like what. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, yeah. You know, I was just going to say there, like, one of the kind of, I think there's one or two, like, stories of the werewolves of Osprey being, like, you know, your kind of standard werewolf, kind of, they're vicious and they'll rip you apart. But then there's other stories where they were, like, more, considered more, like, guardian spirits, like, kind of, and I think, yeah, yeah. like, the people didn't physically change. They sort of lay down and, say, went into a sleep and either took their spirit took on the form of a wolf or they possessed a wolf or whatever. Like, you know, it was all this kind of, it, it seemed a little bit different from the kind of Hollywood portrayal of werewolves. Anyway. Yeah. 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 But uh, no, like you're saying, there's just like, I'd be fairly consistent with say teams and that, but I'd have ideas for different characters I'd like to bring in. And it's just, it never seemed to happen because I always get distracted or I feel like I should be working on the paintings I have rather than, trying to yeah, make more I, work I don't know. Himself. I mean, I, 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 like a lot of my paintings are like, I, I don't know if you've heard of the phrase folk horror. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's that guy, Mark Gattis, you know, the guy from the league of gentlemen, uh, yeah. the TV program, like, uh, he, uh, he coined that phrase in a, in a documentary about horror films, but it's, it was basically, uh, 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 what, what he was doing was he was describing, uh, what was it like? Uh, oh yeah. It was blood on Satan's claw. The uh, Witchfinder General and uh, the Wicker Man—they were the three sort of first sort of folk horror movies, like again. And um, but I, I I loved that idea, like of folk horror, and um, and uh, a lot of my stuff, like I tend it tends to have that as well, like the the people with uh, goats' heads and like stuff like that, like yeah, like I mean, I I borrow stuff from. Uh, from advertising from stuff I see on the internet. Like, so I'm a, I'm a thief. Like again, I will nick, um, I will nick images. I try to credit people where it's appropriate, but like, if it's stuff from an ad, like I don't know who the art directors are, like, or whatever, like, so. You know, yeah. But, but in, but, in art though, it's kind of part and part, especially like now where the internet is so important. It is part and parcel of it. Like I remember in NCAD, we had a group create, and I can't remember who the artist was, but it wasn't even that they took images and reworked them. They literally just stole Instagram images of people's profiles, printed them off, like maybe four foot by four foot, and displayed them in a gallery. And do you know? I don't know about that now. Like again, I don't, like I, I, I don't. There was a guy called Stephen Stuart Holm. Okay, Stuart Holm. He 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 started something called the Festival of Plagiarism. And uh, but like I mean, I, again, part of like I don't. I don't like plagiarism just for the sake of it. Like, again, I think, like, if people are doing something creative with the stuff... Then yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, also, that stuff, like, seems to me to be... Um, it's it's also, uh, like, intrusive and stalkerish and, you know... Yeah, like, it was a bit... It, got a bit, it seemed a bit dark, like, just to yeah, be going yeah. through people's images and sort of screenshotting it or whatever. Because, like, it yeah. wasn't even... I, I don't think it was even just the image. Like, I think it was, like the sort of little bit of writing underneath and the, you know, the, all the stuff that you'd normally see, say, on an image, the 
first like yeah. two and a half sentences or whatever and maybe a name and whoever else liked it or whatever so it just seemed a bit strange like that you know yeah, I, 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 the, the whole thing about images is difficult like i mean i didn't with me I, what i do is I, I i have like i do images that i take myself like there's another series of paintings there that i did like uh where um Oh yeah, I, I, it was a thing where I just asked my wife, like, uh, uh, to to imagine different ways of killing me, and um, <laughs> so she she so we did like photographs of me with a paper bag or a plastic bag around my head. So I saw strangled. that. Yeah. So I was being strangled and stuff like that. And then there was another one where she was she killed me with a burdito. My dad was a a, 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 a a veterinary pathologist, like and so he had a burdito which is used to castrate people, like again. So, um, so she 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 uh, reposed where I was lying down on the ground, and she was you know swinging after her, like you know cutting my balls off with like the burdito. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so there was, there was uh, loads of. Um, stuff like that like again like that we did like so we took the references for those things ourselves so i will do my own reference material as well and i also i will work from um my my imagination too like so like i mean i i, I like illustrator illustration so I, I again like working from life working from photographs and working from your imagination like i said like i don't have a religious um uh sort of uh, adherence to any particular methodology for making the art like again uh, i i don't think that there should be any sort of like uh limits put on it like again but obviously there has to be some sort of ethical sort of sort of behavior like again when it, when it comes to like um you know your your image making like you have to be considerate and and kind like again i think like yeah. yeah definitely um like like that like, I, don't, I don't mean to like, say take you know people working with other images and like that like you know um kind of manipulating them or whatever to, and redoctoring them or reworking them or whatever but i just thought this this lad that the showed us in college who was literally just Printing them off. I thought that yeah. was just a very strange kind of concept to do. Yeah, I think there do. was there was something similar. I think that Richard Prince, that artist, did something similar. Like Actually, yeah. it so it one. wasn't even it was it was even plagiarizing Richard Prince, like you know, yeah. sounds of things. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, which I know I I love. Um, actually, I think it was Richard Prince that the. Yeah, it was actually him. It was that exhibition he had done. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was very bizarre. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's um, yeah, he's uh, he's a problematic guy. Like, but he's he, I do have a um, he raises he does it to raise issues. Um, and and one of the things is like about like um, is about like um, the ownership of images and stuff like that. And yeah, you can't. Yeah, like. Uh, there was a guy on Instagram, like again, and there's always these people, like who, like. But if you're doing like a how to paint um, book or, or DVDs or classes and stuff like that, and you produce these things, and if people copy those images, you can't really complain if people are copying them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's part and parcel. So there's there's times when copying stuff in order to learn 
about stuff is good but then there's uh there's you know you still want to like you don't want to be expressing what other people have thought and done like because that's not self-expression like uh, so um so yeah you, you have to um yeah you have to yeah come up with your own subject matter and put your own slant on things i think like yeah, yeah. to be for it to be visual but but yeah richard prince like is he does stuff like that to provoke um yeah he's um he is interesting but like yeah i i do have problems with some of the stuff like he'll borrow um stuff from ads as well like but he'll do nothing with them like he did that marlborough man on the horse like again like and he just basically reproduced that like i do like his paintings like where he did the um where he did the uh uh the nurses you know they were good and yeah yeah and and also i i i found like the uh the things that he did about jokes like he printed a whole bunch of jokes on canvases and uh yeah some of them were quite funny so like the idea of walking around an exhibition and and laughing because somebody's real actual jokes on it like is you know you know it's a it's a better experience than coming out of an exhibition thinking what the hell was that all about (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but but he does that as well like you know he does that as well but he yeah he's trying to make you think but um yeah yeah so we we only saw the one image and i i never really kind of looked any further into his stuff after that so i didn't even know what the crap was i thought it was kind of one of these things of just trying to be sort of clever i I don't know i just didn't i hadn't looked into his stuff at all so i didn't really know much about him yeah 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 Um, he is he's he is interesting like again like i do i do find him interesting but um yeah but uh, yeah yeah there's other people out there just doing fantastic interesting unique yeah the, the people i'm absolutely astounded by are concept artists you know the guys yeah. who do drawings for films and stuff like that like again some of those guys are just absolute geniuses like again like they have um this uh, this store of knowledge uh that that where they can just do stuff from their imagination and it's like fluid like it's not it, you know you know it's got that flow you know that we were talking about with painting like where it just comes out of you and it feels like the paintings are painting themselves it's it's that uh that that there's guys out there that do that like again but the work is full of this otherworldly imagination and magic you know i think i think what i want like from my paintings is for people to to, to yeah just to have a sense of magic from them like again you go to an exhibition and if you see like something that just gives you that sort of you know like i remember when paddy graham did a drawing on the side of um, on, on, on uh, the side of uh, like uh, of the model like he did a life drawing on, on uh, one of uh, on, a, on a piece of paper like when i was sitting standing beside him He's just doing a demonstration for me. He didn't explain what he was doing. Like, he didn't tell me, well, this is where the eyes go, this is where the nose go, which I do now. Like, But what he did was he just did the drawing, and what that did was it left me with a sense of magic, you know, uh, because there is something magical about, like, being able to render something 
exactly like you're looking at it like again when he did that like again in front of me you know a few marks of like the charcoal and then he just he just smudged a bit with his thumb and that was a shadow and then he just you know and a few flicks and lines and then there was a head in front of me and i was like i was watching all of this appear like as if it was magic in front of me you know yeah and, and there's this so he left me with that uh you know, he didn't leave me with like useful information about how I can do it, but he literally left me. <laughs> he left me with a sense of magic, you know. So there's, yeah. there's, there's stuff that I wish I'd learnt, and there's stuff that I was left with, like again, and you know, those things are, um, you know, and you just, yeah, I, I want to do something similar for other people, you know, to um, to leave them full of like sort of you know oh jesus like i said that's what like painting can be you can yeah it, it's it's what a person can do this is what humanity is capable of yeah 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 and, and i know that the debates about realist painting and the debates about, about abstract stuff all painting is abstract to me and um and um it it it, it just seems that like people people miss the point like again because the, the you, you want people to you know be left with a sense of like you know wonder about the world you know and also you want people to create even better stuff so as you'll be even more excited by the world you know yeah you don't, yeah. don't want to leave people with a sense of like jesus the world is really boring the thing about yeah, like exactly. the thing about the, the thing about the lockdown like again like i remember listening to like people on news talk and they'd be intelligent pundits and to be like bored as fuck because <laughs> no sports on the radio or no sports on the, because of the lockdown and they were bored out of their minds but i i haven't like to me it hasn't changed my sort of circumstances at all like again i'm still here like doing Doing exactly the same stuff that I was doing anyway. Uh, in fact, it's been pretty beneficial for me, like in a lot of ways. Like again, I, I, you know, sh shouldn't actually be saying that. Like, but like, yeah, it it, it has. Like, you know, because it, it's kind of normalised. Like, uh, a shut in, locked, lockout, lock a shut in, sort of, yeah. Like myself, like it's normalised that behaviour. So other people now are experiencing what my day-to-day -day life is like, <laughs> sort of mean, like yeah like and like painting is so solitary anyway oh, yeah, that's totally. kind of like you know it's grand like you know but like kind of um the only kind of re like i'm still getting the paintings up i just feel like without a deadline i'm kind of getting caught up in tiny little details that no one else is ever going to pay any attention to or oh, see yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. you know so there is that that's the only real problem the painting has run into is that it's taken me months to do one painting now instead of maybe a week like you know but yeah, yeah. do you do you normally work fairly quickly then like uh, uh i don't think i I've, I've definitely slowed down i'm kind of getting caught up more and more in the paintings like when i was in when i was on the masters i was able to get painting done maybe in about five days i think it was because i was commuting up and down and i used to kind of have myself told like if you want to get this finished like say I, I don't know, I kind of used to just be able to get them done in about five days and now it would take weeks just to get one done because I'm just, I know I have the time to spend painting in this tiny little crease on the jumper and I can just spend forever 
on that one little point. Uh, so yeah, I think so you do that work like where you're 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 finishing an area and then you're moving on to another area. I have to I'm I'm the opposite. I'll have to get like the whole thing down like immediately. <laughs> Yeah, and, and build it up then, like build it up, like yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. I'm also, I also realize that, like, um, what I need is more of your finish, um, like, uh, like, uh, and I'm, uh, and I, I, I know I should go back to stuff like and, you know, tight, tidy stuff up, but I, I don't like again, like, and it's, it's to my detriment, like again, like I know. Yeah, uh, I don't see. I, I love the finish you have in your work. Yeah. And it's like, because I don't know, because I, I, just, I just love how painterly it looks as well, like, you know, and it's yeah. kind of, I'd love to just have the confidence kind of just like, that's, that mark is enough, you know, rather than. I, I, going yeah, ahead. I, st- I still want that now myself, like again, like, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to be able to, um, yeah, to, to do that. Um yeah, so yeah, so I still think that I kind of overwork stuff. I'd love to be able to simplify it like even more. Um, so it's simply because, I, like, I think what you do when you're painting is you 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 know that like you have a limited amount of time, so you want to be able to do either like the like the best type of work quality of work that you can do. Uh, but you also know that like, like, and this is the problem with like those like realist painters. There's some amazing realist painters out there who do this phenomenal stuff, like again, and they spend months on it, like again, and, and, and yes, you know, months and months and, 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 and they get this finish, but there's no financial remuneration for them for, no. for that, like again, like, so you can spend like months and months doing a painting. Uh, and it's a, a fantastic work of art at the end of it. Uh, but like the, the amount of time people spend looking at it, like it's going to be the same as if it's like an unmade bed. So it's, it's it doesn't make any sense, like again, to financially, to uh, to invest that amount of like talent and um, you know. So, so so there's no logic to it, is what I'm trying to say. Like there's no logic to why we do this like again like because it doesn't yeah. make any sense <laughs> no like that's the thing though like you're right because like i mean even if you were to say like like just purely like even if you take out say the value that the that you hold the painting in if you were just to say charge minimum you know wage for yourself per hour that you spent on it like if you were to charge that much for that pen, it would never sell. Anyway, no, so no, like no, no. you can't win with it. Like no, you can't. I, I had a friend, Michelle Rogers, like, and she spent a um, she spent a year doing a painting. Like again, it was um, it was back um, back when um, uh, the the Serbian conflict was on. Like so, they were it was all about um, you know, Sarajevo. Um, so, so, um, so she did this painting, this series of paintings. One of them took like a year to do. So she charged like again like uh, forty thousand uh, quid. I think this was back in the eighties uh, for that for that painting. Uh, and she was just lucky that she actually got that for it. Uh, yeah, you know, like, uh, but, but. Um, well, she she wasn't lucky. It was a fantastic painting, like again. But she was lucky that the body shop uh, people saw it and bought it. Um, so, um, so, so. But the reason she charged forty thousand was because she sort of said, "Well, I was working on it for a year, 
so it's a yearly wage and that's that's a, that's not a, a massive amount of money for a year uh, it's more than i earn but look it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's, more, it's, more, it's more than i earn like since i left college <laughs> from yeah, from, from, yeah. <laughs> you know, but 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 yeah so, some people she, she got the success early like michelle like michelle her paintings are fantastic though, like, you know, but um, yeah but like I, I've I've chosen to do something different, like again, like you know, um, um, and uh, you know, you, you, yeah, there's no one way of uh, achieving, you know, success, like again, like um, the success I have is is uh, is simply because I'm able to do the work that I that I would want. To, I, I'm I'm doing the type of work I would like to have been able to do, do when I was younger. And I'm kind of happy about that. Like again, so so for me, I'm I'm hitting my own personal marks. Um, I'm, I'm I'm not as good as I want to be, but I'm I'm still. If I if I was a, 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 a 16 year old me and I showed them my work now, I'd be kind of happy that I yeah. was able to do that. You know, uh, you know. I I, I, I I think I'd be happy uh, that I'm able to do so I th- I'm happy with my progress is what I'm trying to say like you know, uh, yeah I, I think that's a good state to be in like um, definitely um, yeah the, especially in art like where yeah. like you said you're you're your own worst critic like you know oh, t- totally like you're always your own worst critic you know and and I, I you know and I managed to attract my wife uh, through through painting and art like she was one of my students like again when I was doing private classes and um and you know so I I, I you know and she supports me now so um I'm like <laughs> so I'm I'm uh, for me painting has worked out but it's not like as if i've actually earned a lot of money like it's been a benefit to my survival um but i haven't but it's i haven't actually earned money so it's been a financially a feckled benefit to me but but uh, the fact that i have like a, a, a set of skills means that like you know like you know pat burnham will sort of sort of get in contact and and want to do a podcast uh about my work like so but if i if i you know you know if i hadn't you know if i hadn't the skills like i wouldn't be talking to you now (laughs) (laughs) you know know? that's it like like i don't know rural Ireland is funny like there's a lot of artists kind of scattered across the island like that are just I think sometimes I think we're like the canary in the coal mine. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like if like the, there's there's that line, and I think I, I, I might have mentioned this already. Like, so you have to tell me if I'm repeating myself. But like the um, there was a, a line in the uh, the Basque movie that Julian Schnabel directed, where like um, the Rene Ricard character like says like. Uh, no, nobody wants to belong to a generation where uh, we ignore the next Van Gogh, and um, and and I think like there are so many people in this country who who have fantastic talents and they've an amazing ability, and 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 society and the Arts Council and everybody like seems to be ignoring them. But <laughs> yeah. that, what that means is it's a warning. To, to people as well like 
you know if 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 i'm 57 now so but if my talents can go ignored like for that length of time then so can other people's children coming up behind us do you know what i mean like so yeah like it's so, just it's just something that'll keep repeating itself so kind it'll of just keep repeating itself so you either want to support people's creativity and recognize it or you just want to say like well fuck you all to the dust uh, dust heap uh, but the the, the 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 way art has worked for me has been through more of a magical sort of uh, sort of thing than an actual. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not been uh, uh, things have manifested themselves for me. Like again, like like I've been able to, uh, I've able to, I've been able to. Um, earn a living through teaching i've been able to sort of you know develop friendships with people i've been able to you know through my art like so and they, all those things are have been worthwhile you know they've been they've been things that make sense to me also like it's, it's just a fantastically interesting thing to be involved in like it's 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 yeah it's something i haven't gotten bored with like again at all uh, no i like I, I will give out about art a lot, but it's just because we're working it. But like, without it, I don't know what stay I'd be in. Like, because like I can kind of go about two weeks, and that's my limit. After that, I have to get scribbling or something because yeah, I just yeah, yeah. become an absolute nightmare to be around. Well, even uh, well, yeah, the the yeah, the production of the art is one thing. Like, but like even like the other stuff, like say, like you, you're interested in like sort of folklore, like again, like and. Um, like and and uh, to me, I I love local history, like so, uh, like that's where the um that's where the interest in the wolf came from, like again because it's it's a local thing, like the last wolf was killed here, like again, like so so um so so that interested me, but I I, I grew up in Rahini, which is just you know a stone's throw away from um, um Marino Crescent. And uh, Marino Crescent is where Bram Stoker uh, was born. Yeah. So, so I, I have a huge interest in in that. Like again, so I did a uh, I did a uh, pieces on on that sort of whole local history thing there. Like again, like so so that was a, a part of the Bram Stoker project. And uh, like I don't know if you know that that whole sort of. Nosferatu story. You, do you know Nosferatu, the, the the vampire film? Yeah, it's a German expressionist silent movie. It's a, like an absolute masterpiece. Um, but um, it it was um, it was it was yeah. Uh, they called it Nosferatu in order to avoid the uh, copyright, like because um, uh, you know. Um, if they called it Dracula, uh, they would have had to pay royalties to uh, the, the Bram Stoker estate. And uh, Bram Stoker was was married to a woman called Florence Balcombe, and she lived in Number One uh, Marino Crescent. And Bram Stoker used to live in uh, Number Fifteen. So, like, this is all in that area that we grew up in. But like. Uh, Florence Balcombe took the uh, uh, company that made uh, Nosferatu to court and she won the court case like they were found guilty of like plagiarism 
um, and um, they wanted the uh, she, she she was t they they or they were ordered uh, the the company were ordered the company who made the film were ordered to destroy all the copies of it. So it's only a miracle that like one or two of the copies survived and that we still have the film today. So yeah. so I, I've done like wood wood blocks of like uh, Nosferatu um, and uh, I did them like when I was living in Rap Mines actually. So I, I remember I, I <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I got into t Temple Bar Gallery with Margaret Tuffy once, like, and we tried to project the image of Nosferatu onto the, the central bank from the roof of Temple Bar Gallery. Yeah. But uh, but it didn't work because their lights were too strong. But uh, yeah, but like uh, it was, uh, but the whole um, the whole sort of uh, the whole sort of story about like. Uh, uh, Marino Crescent and Fairview is is just fascinating. The 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 more you dig into the local history, the more you find out. Like when they when they were building that uh, Crescent where uh, Bram Stoker lived, uh, they found uh, bodies from the Battle of Clontarf under the foundations. So so there was like you know there's there's like layers and layers of history there, and then the houses themselves were actually a spite build because. Uh, they uh, he, uh, they were built because um, the guy that built it, like again, like uh, uh, wanted to block the view of the Vaucon Vaucon Charlemont, and uh, he owns the uh, house that was behind the Marino Crescent, and that had a view of the the bay, Dublin Bay. Which was funnily enough invented or, or, or designed by uh, what's his name, like Captain Bly from Mutiny on the Bounty. But like that, that, that building was basically a spite build to uh, stop uh, the Lord Charmonts from seeing the, uh, the the sea. And uh, the uh, so so it's all this sort of psychic nonsense going around in the whole area that seems to be like sort of embedded into the the whole psyche of you know uh, of, of ireland <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know but uh yeah yeah but like uh, all that stuff yeah and, and it's funny now because the, the 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 fairview park didn't exist then like and it does now so even now the the, the, the people who live in that sort of Crescent, they can't see the sea because the park's in the way of it. So, uh, yeah. So, but it's all kind of odd. And then there's other things in that park as well. Like there's a there's a statue uh, of like what, what's his name? I'm, I'm, I'm Sean Russell. And Sh Sean Russell was a you know, the Irish nationalist who uh, who died on a U-boat uh, that that was like. Uh, coming back from Germany because he was trying to like uh, so it was a, he was he was trying to do a deal with the Nazis like for arms uh, so they have a statue to this guy in the in the park like again because he's a Republican era and then there's uh there's so he, he dies on a U-boat but but one of the earliest Jewish communities in Ireland was was actually in Fairview as well, 
and then you also have like Croke Park where it's a bloody Sunday so the whole area is just like fascinating and ripe with like sort of all kinds of you know nutty yeah. stories like yeah but, that's uh, mad like I, I'd heard about that man on the U-boat but I, I kind of like my knowledge of like kind of Dublin geography wouldn't be great, so I didn't realize it was in such a concentrated kind of area. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's uh, yeah. Most people wouldn't like even the people that live there wouldn't be aware of that stuff anyway. Like, yeah, like, but um, yeah, it's it's you know it's just kind of fascinating. But like, I, I just like local history. Like again, like so when you find out yeah. stuff, like again, it's. I don't, do you ever uh, do, do you ever read comic books or anything like that? Like. Uh, not too, not much, not really, Jim. Yeah. Yeah, I just well, never had access well, to him, really. The guy that did Watchmen, um, uh, Alan Moore, he he came up with a phrase called psychogeography, and um, it was it was basically like kind of a local history. Uh, David Sinclair, another writer, he came up with another one like that was uh, he called it deep topography. Like, but when you have like a deep understanding of uh, 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 wh- where you live and where you uh, and how how the landscape of where you you live has changed, like uh, uh, you you have you have a more fascinating sort of uh, uh, yeah understanding of reality. I think like so you you know like it's like you know. I don't know um, when you go to some place that you haven't been before, but you've read books about it. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, <laughs> or if you've, you've seen films like again, like of of a, of a of a place, and then you actually visit it, and it's you know, it, it just seems like that it's uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of familiar. Like for some reason, even though you mightn't have been there before, like. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, but, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really waffling on now, aren't I? No, <laughs> yeah. no I, I'll tell you, I was just going to ask you one other question, though, Jim. Um, just to finish up, and that is just where can people find you online? Uh, well, I, I used to have a website, but um, but it was uh, just a student project, so that's disappeared. So I think the the only place really is like either like uh, Instagram or Facebook. I don't really have a presence. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, like, uh, sometimes I think Instagram is really just as good as any website, really, like, just because you can get the images up on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't have to, like I said, like, it, 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 to me, it's, like, perfect for artists because it's visual. Like, you, 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 there's no text, like, you know, I'm, I'm not getting somebody to write a circa um, article about my work, and then you have to plow through that before you see the stuff, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. So it's uh, it's good. I uh, I would like like uh, yeah yeah. I mean I I think uh, that's to say like I'm, uh, that's not to say that uh, that sometimes words can't explain what what the work is about. Like again, because they can, you know. But um, uh, but yeah, it sh- certainly shouldn't be like all about uh, words when it comes to a visual language. No, I don't. I don't know if I have anything like that up on my website. And I was never really sure whether I should have something up like that or not. But which kind of, now, like the just you know a written piece about the work. Yeah, I think I mean, if you if you write it yourself, like it might make it more interesting. Like you know, like you know, 
But like, like the, 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 the part of the thing about your work is like the, the, the nobody knows what the hell it's about. Like you know, so like yeah, so it's kind of like that. And and, and, and the, the, like I said, like the magic the, 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 the is is like in not knowing, and also like you said, like you have no control over how people interpret it. Like so, you know. Yeah, that's it. Like so, it's kind of um, I suppose just having the images up there isn't just enough. Like then, without having to, without going into all explanations and all that kind of crack. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, I'll we'll call it there, so Jim. And yeah, thanks yeah. a million for having the chat with me. Yeah. I'll so, definitely yeah, get you back I, on. I must have, yeah, yeah. I must have spaced out there a couple of times, like again. Yeah. No, yeah. I think you're edited part. I know the, yeah, it, just it, make it, me sound it, good. So <laughs> no, honestly, it really I, it won't need that much editing, Jim. I, I don't think um, you spaced out at all. I think you're, you're grand. Like it was just yeah. it. Uh, we covered a savage amount of stuff, though. Like, <laughs> like, well, everyone. So that was Jim Donnelly. I just want to say a massive thanks to Jim for taking the time to chat with me about his work, and as you heard, like just incredibly knowledgeable about the medium, and. If you want to follow his work, if you look him up on Instagram, you'll find him. And again, Jim, sorry about cutting you off when we're finished recording as well. It was a complete accident. Um, but like I said, I'll have you back on at some stage again for another chat. So thanks a million for, for that. Um, if you want to follow the podcast on social media, on Twitter and Facebook, it's at Bit of Gallery. And just I don't have an Instagram page to help for it, so you can just follow me on at Patborn Artist for Instagram if you want to keep up to date with it. And if you want to leave any reviews or likes or whatever way it works on whatever platform you listen to, that'd be sound as well. Um, I just said there at the start, I had a quick little announcement. We're going back to work in Heritage House on site on the 10th of May. So we're, I'll, the podcast is going to be getting moved back, I think, for May to just every second week. So you have this episode and there'll be an episode in two weeks time just because I'm under a little bit of pressure with everything at the minute because like I said Heritage House is back open but I also got confirmation from Custom House Studios in Westport that my show next month is going ahead so I just need to get a few bits finished up and I want to get the work documented as well and I also for Heritage House have to get a video workshop thing done for Crinan uh, and Og and my audio editing skills for the podcast isn't great my video editing skills are even worse so it's going to take me some time just to make sure i've everything sort of uh done i'm going to kind of chip away at that and get it done gradually so for me there's only going to be one more podcast and hopefully then in june once things get back on track and kind of into some bit of a routine it'll be back to a weekly uh podcast i hope um but yeah thanks for listening and i will chat to you there in a couple of weeks i think I'm not sure the date exactly, but it'll be, say, uh, this day, fortnight, will be the next episode. So, yeah, chat to you then.